Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, episode 204, 2019 Anticipated Games. We'd like to thank our brand new Patreon backers, Jim, a brand new producer, and Martin, who's upgraded his seat at the table. You're listening to a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, dedicated to bringing podcasters together for the greater good of gaming. It's sort of like Voltron, but with better lip syncing. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast about board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. So with the 2018 retrospective finally behind us, Anthony, we are now, of course obligated to do the obligatory anticipated games for 2019 yes and i'm excited because there cannot be shame bells can't happen (laughs) in fact i've probably played more of these than you have the ones that aren't even out yet (laughs) yes no shame bells for this episode we're getting close to that patreon backer level for shame bells but we're we're not there yet so anthony's okay for an episode or two (laughs) But we're going to take a look at the most anticipated 2019 games. So we're not doing an acquisition disorder at the table this week. These are the games that we're anticipating. These are the games that we want to get to the table. And these are the games that are either on Kickstarter right now or going to be received by all of you good gamers out there or are games that'll be hopefully hitting the store pretty soon. So with that said, Anthony, we have a lot of good stuff to talk about for this episode, but let's take one final look forward into 2019, and let's talk about what's our question of the day. All righty, question of the week this week is, what are your board game resolutions for 2019? Uh, We asked the listeners this year, asked a bunch of questions about 2019. So this is the one that I, I kind of wanted to focus in on. But thanks for everybody who kind of shared the games they're looking forward to, which we're going to talk about a bunch of those today and uh, the trends that they want to see or not see in 2019. Um, we'll probably talk about that stuff in the next couple of weeks. But today, resolutions. So to kick things off here, Guillermo says he wants to play Gloomhaven from start to finish. So that's the only game he's playing this year, apparently. Chris says he wants to catch up with his acquisitions before getting many more. And a lot of people said that Patrick said the same thing. And I think for me, that's probably something I would also like to do. Although with the podcast, it's kind of an amorphous thing because the new games come in, whether I buy them or not. Uh, (laughs) There's people around me getting new stuff. So many games, you guys. Selena says to get the games organized and fitting in their allowable space. Chris wants to do better at logging his plays. We have, let's see here. Drew says limit his purchases and finish Pandemic Legacy. Zach Gariah says he'd like to buy a new game every month. So kind of the flip side of that. And Martin says he wants to go to more conventions. He's going to Dice Tower Con, but he wants to go to a few more. So, you know, got some people wanting to get out more. Some people want to buy more. Some people want to buy less. Uh, Somehow I'm all of the above. But I think I think my overarching goal is to buy less games, play more of the ones I already have from the last few years, you know, dig back into the well a little bit. And uh, maybe revisit some of the stuff that I loved, but maybe only played once or twice. Yeah, I think that's every year and one of those kind of New Year resolutions that never really gets fully kind of resolved. It's kind of like losing weight and getting to the gym. But 
it's definitely something that is admirable for all of us to kind of get those games back to the table. It's not always the easiest thing to do. I think for my board game resolution for 2019 is typically we're very busy playing games. Obviously, you and I doing this podcast takes up a lot of time and we're kind of talking about games and the designers that design those games. I think for 2019, I'm going to reach out to more of the designers that design these games, probably on Board Game Geek, just to typically say hello. Uh, If not, thank you for a lot of these great games. 2018 was a great year for board games. And I just think in general, we don't say thanks a lot. We're always getting these games to the table and we're having a great time with friends. But I bet you there's a lot of designers out there and publishers out there that don't realize how much love for their games are really out there. And, you know, depending on the group, it could even be these obscure games that don't get the type of attention on social media that you would think, but it's just completely beloved. So that's my 2019 uh, resolution. All right, Anthony, we have a huge list for 2019. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get into the most anticipated games for this upcoming year. All right, so first up, Anthony, we have a game that you and I have loved for for many, many years, and it's finally getting a reprint and an upgrade and getting packaged with all of its expansions, not to mention a new expansion, Suburbia Collector's Edition, now on Kickstarter, my friend. Yeah, yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, I don't know if it was on the air off the air, but I remember talking about it at length about, oh, this is amazing and I want it, but I don't play this game enough. Uh, it's $100, Ooh, I don't know. And... <laughs> <laughs> and now that the Kickstarter page is up, I'm looking through it and it's got new artwork and bigger ta- tiles and custom storage and new expansion stuff. And probably my favorite upgrade, a non-zigzagging population board. There you go. About time. A tower to hold all your tiles. So much of this stuff is superfluous, but also amazing. So I don't know, man. And it's going to ship by October. So then I'll have it. <sighs> I don't know. I'm very, very tempted. Um, this is like a brass situation where I'm like, this might get this game back to the table more. Uh, then I have to get it. Yeah, it's a big problem. I have Suburbia. I have its expansions. I even have one of the inserts for it as well. So this is kind of hard. I'm not really sure what to do here. What you mentioned earlier, I think we have to mention a couple of more other things, some really necessary and some definitely superfluous. How about the lighted as in it's lit up, start player marker, which is the first I've ever seen in a board game. Usually a first player marker in general is superfluous. And now a lit up one, an LED light that you can pass around for reasons. I don't, I don't know why that's a thing. So that's, so on that hand, I'm like, oh, well, this is definitely ridiculous. Definitely not backing it. And then a little bit later in the Kickstarter, they're talking about interactive, wood markers now if you've ever played suburbia one of the big challenges of the game is to recognize that some of your tiles continue to score round after round and sometimes depending on the tile on other people's turns they could be in play so what i ended up doing was taking these little tiny dice and placing them on certain tiles to remind me that those things would happen i think somebody had produced these markers now it comes in the game and now i'm really bummed about it And I guess the funniest expansion part to this is they're going to give you the opportunity to pick what player colors you want to have in your game. And I don't even know what to say about this. This is just wonderful and completely ridiculous. Yeah. 
when something's a hundred bucks and you're like, oh, there's 15 player colors and player boards. Why? <laughs> Why? It plays five players. Why are we yes. doing this? <laughs> and you could pick which five colors set you want. Not individual colors, but this set, this set, or depending on the stretch goals, a certain other set. So yeah, that's a thing. So we've we've gone beyond. We've gone really, really, really beyond the veil as far as this is concerned. So if you're interested, it's up on Kickstarter right now and it will back or not back, but it's definitely going to back on Tuesday, February 12th. So you have a little time. Definitely check it out. Suburbia is a fantastic game. It's just a matter of the cost here. All right, Anthony. So let's talk about another game that was kickstarted. Football Highlights 2052. Yes. Yeah, this is uh, the follow-up to Baseball Highlights, uh, which is one of my favorite card games, period, by Mike Fitzgerald, and probably one of the best baseball games, uh, maybe one of the best sports games, period, uh, that's a board game. And tons and tons of expansions, tons of different ways to play. It's great tournament setting and everything else. And then they're bringing those same ideas and mechanics to football, which arguably can be just as interesting, especially the, the, the sport itself almost plays out like a tactical war game uh, in terms of how, how you're setting up the offense and the defense and everything else. So putting that into a card game just works. It sounds perfect. So I'm, I'm definitely excited for this one. It's super on my radar. Looking forward to seeing if this one hits by the end of the year. Yep. Looking for this one as well. All right. So next up is a game that isn't officially out yet, but supposedly going to be out for 2019. Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, we saw like a poster for this at PAX and I ignored it at first because there are so many of these licensed games floating around and some of them are by companies that, I don't know, the games are fine, but they're not for me. Super, super thematic, light on mechanics kind of thing. But I find out that it's designed by Emerson Matsuchi and they're putting a decent amount of resources into developing this game and it's, you know, building around that stealth idea of the, the core video game series. And I love the video game series, especially the stealth aspects of it. That's one of the first types of games where I really got into that. If they can make it work, if it feels like that, you know, if you have something that's like a Spectre Ops, but Metal Gear, I'm all bored. That sounds great. So hoping this one comes out by the end of the year. It sounds like it should and uh, get a chance to play it. Yeah, they're saying it's going to feature a highly dynamic AI system. A little suspect there, but okay. And sandbox gameplay. Okay, it's a little more challenging. And missions that can be completed in multiple ways and always plays out differently. So that is an incredibly high board game mountain to climb. But it's possible that Matsushi can actually pull this off. So looking forward to this. All right. Next up is a game that already has reached a lot of people's hands. This is Wingspan. Yeah, this is the new game from uh, Stonemaier Games. Designer is Elizabeth Hargrave. And it's if you've seen it, it's because it's got this little bird feeder dice tower and little nice little wooden dice it's awesome uh, it's <laughs> it's very very pretty to look at and that the pre-order was up earlier this month so people who pre-ordered it are already getting the game and then i think you can get it retail in march game looks amazing it's, it's a little bit lighter they've some people compare it to like a terraforming mars style tableau builder i think it's a little bit lighter than that but anytime you're developing this tableau and generating an engine of some sort and the theme being so unique and different from everything else that's out there mm -hmm. i'm very very interested in this one yeah absolutely i think it's a lot lighter than terraforming mars but it's always nice to build a tableau big fan of that the production with all the different birds and the artwork here and as you mentioned that the dice tower is fantastic 
And I believe Jason just did a interview with a designer on every night's game night. So if you want to learn more about that game, check out our sister podcast there. All right. Next up is a game that we've been talking about for, it feels like a very long time. We knew it was coming. This would be the third in the trilogy. And I guess the final chapter and I, and what I feel like is one of the, I guess, new kind of gateway games. This is the Century series, A New World. Yeah, we don't know a whole lot about this game yet, but last year we didn't know anything about Eastern Wonders uh-huh. until March, I think. So presumably we'll learn more about A New World here in the next couple months. And if it's anything like the last two, it'll come out over the summer. I'm super excited, though. Spice Rub was good. Eastern Wonders was really good. And the fact that you can combine them makes me that much more excited for a third game if you can mash them all together. So um, hopefully this one hits sometime this summer. Yeah, I'm a Century Gollum fan myself, but I really like the original. I think it's a great gateway game, especially for people who haven't played Euro games to build like a little engine in your hand. That's great. Eastern Wonders is great, except there's no Gollum edition for it. So it kind of falls a little flat for me there. But nonetheless, you could still combine both those games together. And having a third game that kind of connects all these games together is something I've been talking about for years that would be fantastic because there are a lot of these games and IPs that we have out there and just being able to play them together, either one after the other or together, is just a really fantastic idea. And I'm glad that it finally came to fruition for them. And it's it's a wonderful thing. So let's talk about something on the kind of like super advanced we talked about some Kickstarters before, but I feel like we're going to be talking about this Kickstarter for all of 2019, Anthony. You know it. You love it. You're going to get it. I don't know where you're going to put it. Batman Gotham City Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. I, I dumped a good two months worth of board game budget into this game last year, and it is still being produced. I don't know exactly when this thing is going to hit, but it is uh, just this tremendously huge production of Batman, which is based on the Conan you know, mechanics, which we really enjoyed. We played this a couple of years ago now and had a lot of fun with it, but the theme was not 100% there for me, but Batman, 100% on board, super excited for this one. It should ship by the end of the year. It was supposed to ship you know, here relatively soon, so I, I think they're a little bit behind, but that's not unexpected for a game this size i'm gonna be dragging this to the table with a forklift and just prodding people until they play because i'm very very excited (laughs) to get this one out but it's a biggie yeah i think this is something that once it gets to the table we're just going to see endless numbers of painted miniatures and kind of the different game scenarios so we're looking forward to this all right well we have another game up here and i believe this might be something that we had previously is this not Gandhi, the decolonization of British India from 1917 to 1947, Anthony. Am I wrong? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> OK, there you go. I had this, this was on the list last year. But if you know anything about GMT games, you know that they put the game up in their P500 program. And once it gets 500 pre-orders, they will print it. This game is now up to 1400 pre-orders. They have not yet printed it. So <laughs> I don't know when it's supposed to come, but it is coming because it got enough orders. The game's almost done. It's in the coin series, which is the counterinsurgency series of games. And the reason I'm super psyched for this is because the whole counterinsurgency series, it's really great, right? The clever ways they find to make all these asymmetrical factions play against each other in these different conflicts from throughout history. This one's different though, because it 
introduces the idea of nonviolent conflict. Uh, you know, Gandhi and the uprising against the, you know, the British Raj at the end of the middle layer of the 20th century. I want to see how that plays out. And I'm very excited to give it a go and just play something. It's just going to be different, right? It's not just another war game. It's a different take mm-hmm. on that as the ninth in this series. So hopefully this one gets printed this year. I think it's supposed to, from what I read, uh, should be coming out towards like quarter three, you know, in the late summer, hopefully. Yeah, all joking aside, I'm actually really excited about this. Obviously, we have more than enough of the hack and slash you know, destroy someone's native land. So having a game, and as you mentioned from the coin series, all these counterinsurgency games, this one especially, I I think would just be fantastic. And, you know, having Root out there as a game that kind of like, in a very small, but in a very important way, kind of embodies a lot of that kind of counterinsurgency and the different asymmetrical gameplays for a war game. I, I think this actually might, hit a lot of people's table. All right, well, let's talk about an expansion here. And this is an expansion that I got to be honest, you know, when anything comes out from Splatter, I'm always like, oh, that's going to be a great game. I can't wait to enjoy it once and never play it again, just because (laughs) getting those games to the table is almost impossible. Getting people to play them is almost impossible. Not to mention just finding somebody who actually has a copy of those is nearly impossible. I'm a big fan of uh, Spotterspiel, but this expansion is just, it's, it's kind of, a, it's a little hilarious, and uh, hopefully it's going to be a lot of fun. This is Fuche Magnet, the catch-up mechanism, and other ideas. Yeah, and I think that's about as much as we know about it, right? They haven't really released any information other than the fact, hey, we're making an expansion. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> which immediately put it on our list, but I yes. don't think we have a ton of information to work from from there other than that this may or may not happen in 2019. <laughs> it's it's phenomenal. I mean, Food Chain Magnet continues to get to the table and by different people, and I'm I'm just shocked and amazed and happy to see that it's still getting out there. So to have an expansion to this great game that's really, you know, blown up with the public is tremendous hopefully it doesn't blow the game up as far as game time's concerned but maybe it's just a lot of fun stuff to it i don't know it's hard to say but i i guess we'll see at some random point splatter tends to kind of be the uh the bad boys of board gaming so whenever it comes out it'll come out and i'm sure everyone will be jumping at it all right anthony talking about one of the uh bad boys of board gaming here we got to talk about our good friend and one of the most dynamic board game designers right these days, uh, Vitella Serta, along with his friend and uh, one of our favorite artists, Ian O'Toole, on Mars. Yes, I'm so excited for this. I add it to my uh, giant space above my shelf because none of these fit on the shelves of Ian O'Toole, Vitella Serta joints from Eagle Griffin, these ginormous deluxe boxes. This is probably, on Mars is probably the game that I've been most excited of, about of his in the last few years. Uh, They have Escape Plan, which we'll talk about in a minute, Uh, CO2, which just shipped uh, to backers. And those are great, and I'm super excited to play those as well. But this game, this game is the one I'm like, I can't wait. The Kickstarter is in April, April 18th, and uh, I don't know that the game will necessarily ship in 2019, but here's hoping. Yeah, it looks fantastic. And as, as we mentioned, the designer, the artist, the company, the theme, I mean, for Anthony and I, this is pretty much 
everything that we could want in in one game. Hopefully, it plays fantastic. So, really looking forward to playing this game, and hopefully, it's as good as all of his other games. All right. So, another Vitala Serta game. Uh, this is one we talked about a, a good number of times. I know you back this, Anthony. This is Escape Plan. Yeah, yeah. This is the other one I was talking about, and it's coming relatively soon. I think it's. <laughs> It's quote unquote his lighter game. I think the weight's sitting around a 3.9, but it's not a 4.4. So <laughs> there you go. go. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's the, the whole idea is you're robbing banks or whatever you're doing and trying to escape. Um, you are thieves, but you are able to influence the movements of the cops and kind of move throughout this modular board. So when I first heard about the game, I thought it was a little bit lighter because of how people described it, but it's still a Lacerda game. It's highly thematic. It's got a lot of interesting ideas going on. And the way you move around the map is probably the most interesting part of that. It'll be interesting to see when this one hits, if it gets as much play as his other games, because it is definitely different. Uh, it's a little more tactical, but it's, I don't know. I'm super excited for it. Honestly, I'm excited for any of his games, but uh, it's uh, different, a lot different than what you would see from similar games of this weight. Yeah, and I mean, right off the bat, the color palette, the design, the mechanics, I mean, everything here is just so very different, not just for him, but I think something very unique in board gaming. So I'm really interested in seeing this game hit the table, especially at convention time and see if it actually, you know, takes root. It, it could be one of the biggest hits for 2019, or it could be one of the biggest misses. All right, so let's talk about an expansion here, Anthony. This is Tricarion Dalgar's Academy. Yeah, I don't know anything about the expansion. Uh, I, I'm excited for it, if only because this was my opportunity to get all of the Tricarion stuff, uh, which I have not played yet. So <laughs> I can't really speak to it. Uh, but I know a lot of people mention it as one of their favorite heavy games. Uh, it's a mind clash game. I love Anachrony. Um, so Riri just hitting the table. So this is a game that just I missed at some point. I'm very excited to get to the table and along with all the extra stuff that they're kind of throwing in here. Uh, and hopefully it's coming soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this too. I, I have the base set. I have the, ex the, the other little expansions that came along with the original version of the game. And... It is definitely crunchy. It's definitely a heavier game. It is by no means a hard game to play. It's just, it's a little time consuming. You have to play with the Dark Alley expansion. Just, just trust me on that. This, I was a little cautious about because I'm like, this might be the, you know, the, the Tricarion stone that breaks the camel's back kind of situation because you're going to have an academy. You're going to have schools. There's going to be new specialists. But it just, it looks so good. And that's really what brought me to the first Tricarion. So this is something I'm looking forward to. It does not get enough table time just because of the table space it eats up and because of the time it takes to the table. But nonetheless, I really enjoyed this game. It's one of my favorite games, I think, for this past year alone. All right, Anthony, I got a little different of a game here for you. This is Call to Adventure. Yeah, this is the new one from Brotherwise Games. And... I'll be honest, when I first saw this, I wasn't immediately attracted to it. It's a character driven fantasy storytelling game, which is not really in my wheelhouse. It's more of a Jason game over on Unique on uh, every night's game night. But it has a couple cool things. It's got rune rolling that they call it. So it's like dice, but this kind of special mechanic that they use. Storytelling is gamified enough that it's mechanical, I think, uh, and a lot of different types of cards. But one of the most interesting things it does is it allows you to kind of tack on 
specific fantasy world. So they added in the Kickstarter was a name of the wind and right there automatically, you know, I was super on board. Patrick Rothfuss and his series are just amazing. Some of the best fantasy books out there. And, you know, he's a dedicated gamer. You know, you see him at all the conventions. His charity does a lot of work there. So not surprising, but at the same time, the ability to just kind of tack that on. And they've mentioned other fantasy series they're going to do that with. Now I'm on board. So um, hopefully the mechanics live up to the different types of stories that they're bringing in. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, I'm still pretty excited. Yeah, I really like the fact that Brotherwise Games is bringing this out. Once again, they could have taken Boss Monster and just made it their next munchkin and just never did anything else. I really like the fact that they did Unearth and now Call to Adventure. So I really like the fact that this company is growing and really friendly people, really imaginative ideas. So this is something that just might have a kind of like niche kind of hold on the market upcoming. All right, Anthony, so we have another kind of small, but I think another kind of interesting game here, Tybor the Builder. This is an expansion from a game that I know you and I like very, very much. Yeah, this is a kind of a standalone spinoff of Oh My Goods from Alex Fister. Oh My Goods is fantastic. It's one of my favorite small box games. Decent amount of strategy. I have both of the storied expansions to it, um, which are relatively hard to find now, unfortunately. And this is a new-ish kind of standalone take on that world with new mechanics in it. Um, But the basic idea is the same. You have a deck of cards and all the different types of cards do different things depending on how they're used and where they're used. I always love that. It's so much fun. And Alex Fister's penchants for adding chapters and scenarios to his different games is kind of something he started doing in most of them now makes it almost ideal for if not solo play often solo play but if not solo play at least repeated play getting people back to the table which is also very cool so i'm excited for this one yeah i like these games a lot and the game is very very small as far as the look of it's concerned but just like his other little card games there's so much game here so do not pass these games up. I think you'd really enjoy at least playing one of them, if not all of them at some point. All right, Anthony. So let's talk about a game that had a previous life and now is going to have kind of a renewal here. This was one that recently popped up on Kickstarter and should be getting to the table at some point soon. Snowdonia. Yeah, Snowdonia has been out of print for a little while. Uh, this was by uh, Tony Boydell who worked on Guilds of London and a whole bunch of other games. Um, And it's kind of one of these like very well-known games in the solo space for, I don't know, just various reasons. It's in the top 200, 300 or so as a strategy game. It, It didn't have a huge profile when it first came out, hence going out of print. But of course, like most good heroes, once it goes out of print, everybody wanted it. So they ran a Kickstarter. A lot of people backed it. Uh, It is shipping this sometime this year. Comes with all the expansions as well as some new content. Very excited about that. And I think that just anytime they bring back an old game and manage to upgrade it and make it look a little nicer and add some additional content, it tends to get to the table much more than it did the first time around. It's an interesting model when you really look at it. So I have yet to play the original uh, extensively. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this performs when it finally hits the table. All right, Anthony. So next up is completely the opposite of Snowdonia here. We have Sorcerer. Yeah, yeah, this is exactly the opposite. Uh, This is a new game from White Wizard Games, the guys behind Epic and Star Realms and Hero Realms and all the realms. And this is a little bit different. 
Um, you are going into a world of like fantasy creatures and vampires and all sorts of crazy stuff. And the game, like most of their games, it's kind of a back and forth combat game, but it plays two to four and you will be fighting against each other with kind of a unique deck building element to it. But you have these different locations that you're fighting over. Uh, and it's, I played this back at origins, actually, they had copies of it out so you could play with it. And the way you build your deck at the beginning is very interesting. You have three different possible things you can pick from each of multiple different, you know, possible options. Um, you know, the, the minion types, the magic types, the action types, all that kind of stuff. So you're building your deck at the beginning and then that's your deck for the game. And you can have to learn it on the fly. Um, if you haven't played too much before, it was very interesting. Like thematically, I'm not sure if I'm on board just because it is very dark and bloody and gothic. That's not usually my thing, but the mechanics here behind the game were super, super interesting. And I'm very interested to see how this plays out when I have a chance to try all the different combinations. Also, if I'm able to get to the table all that much, just because again, the theme is not something that tends to hit tables in my groups all that often. But mechanically, I think uh, people will be on board. So you're saying no crossover with Snowdonia then? <sighs> Man, we could hope, right? You know, <laughs> special. It could be the next Essen promo. Uh, maybe the uh, the advent calendar next year. There you go. A crossover. <laughs> you know, kind of like a Kemet and Cyclades kind of crossover. Like there'll be some sort of like expansion packet that somehow crosses the characters over. Like you have demons but they have to run an economy, so like they're really bummed out about that. But you know, <laughs> it's, you gotta gotta move those trains. It's a pick up and deliver kind of guys. So, all right. So we have another game here, a little controversial, a little bit on the light side here. We have a uh, Paladins of the West Kingdom. Yeah, we can't have all big heavy euros that we're no. looking forward to. Although, that if we made a top ten, that's all it would be probably. Um, <laughs> the problem too at this time of the year is we don't know what all is going to come out at Essen, like. Blackout Hong Kong was announced in September last mm -hmm. year. We didn't know that was coming out. No. So there's lots of stuff that is not on our list. But one game that is, and I'm, I am interested in this, is Paladins of the West Kingdom. This is the second game in the new trilogy by Shem Phillips and Garpill Games after Architects of the West Kingdom. And Architects is a very good game. It's just kind of a unique take on worker placement that I haven't really seen before. I don't think it's as mind-blowing and genre-defining as some people have said, but it's really fun and quick and accessible, and I like it a lot. This is a follow-up to that with very different mechanics, very different theme, kind of different time and place. Seeing what they were able to do with the, the basic idea of worker placement in um, Architects, I'm interested to see what comes next in this slightly different take where you're looking more at the uh, the combat elements you know of, of these uh, medieval civilizations all right well next up we have a classic game that i i guess like brass is kind of making a comeback here this is age of steam it's going to get a kickstarter in 2019 anthony yeah yeah we talked to eagle griffin about this not too long ago and i i like age of steam but it doesn't come out too often partially just because it's it's older and that's what happens, but it's also kind of ugly, yep. um, like most of those old games. And like Brass, people don't want to play ugly games. Um, true. Sorry, Martin Wallace. Wah, wah. Sorry. But this is getting an Eno Tool remaster, I guess you call it. So uh, it's going to look much prettier. We've seen some early screenshots of what the new board looks like and the and the different materials, and it's so much prettier. So much prettier. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, and it's not a bad thing. Look, I, I know especially a lot of the train game fans, this is heresy, and they don't like their games being messed with. They like their spreadsheets, they like their hexes, and they don't need any of the kind of fancy stuff. But for us normies out here, it's nice to have something good to look at, especially if you're going to play something for what sometimes is five to six hours as far as the game's concerned. Age of Steam is not that case, but some of those 18 double X games are. So I like this. I like anytime you can get a game that's been a classic out to the table again. So really looking forward to this. So let's talk about something brand new, but from one of our favorite designers out here. I know you backed this, Anthony, and we got a chance to play this at PAX Unplugged, at least a kind of prototype version of this. This was Barrage. Yeah, yeah, this is a one of my most conflicted games of 2019. Um, <laughs> I did go all in on this. I did back it based purely on the pedigree of the designer. And we did play it at PAX, mm-hmm. and I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much as everybody else. But I'm still interested to play it again. It's a lot of very unique ideas. It's almost like 18xx-ish, like thrown into this whole idea of like running dams. And the theme in this game is whatever. It doesn't matter. There's <laughs> Nikola Tesla stuff and all sorts of weird stuff. You're just, you're damning. It's it, You're building dams. That's what you're doing. But the way you do it, the way you try to track where the water's coming down and how to power your stuff and upgrade different things and the way the resources go into the wheel that you're turning constantly. Just so much stuff to wrap your head around that I definitely want to try it again and see if I can wrap my head around it. Uh, and I will have the game with which to do so in about three months so definitely looking forward to that i think you'll like it on a second play i think that first play as you mentioned like 18 double x games it's one of those situations if you're not with it at the start not only are you going to get beaten you're going to get beaten badly and for a very long time so having a deluxe version of this having the game kind of like i, I guess like lahav you know, you have to kind of go through the motions just to see how the, how the whole system plays out. I think you'll have a better time with this. I enjoyed the game, but I could see all of the challenges as far as, you know, not zoning in right off the bat. Simone Luciani, I, I don't know. The guy's great. He does some fantastic games. So um, hopefully hopefully this is a better, uh, better time at the table. All right, so next up is a game that we also got a chance to play at PAX Unplugged. Thank you, PAX Unplugged. And this is Underwater Cities. Yeah, this is so good. Uh, (laughs) I think this is coming out in the next couple months. Uh, Rio Grande says quarter one for the U.S. And everybody should go play. I've been talking this game up to everybody. Anytime we play Terraforming Mars, I'm like, have you guys heard of Underwater Cities yet? Like, (laughs) make sure you keep that on your radar because it is definitely like, the next iteration of what Terraforming Mars does in a new package. It's Vladimir Succi, fantastic designer. Mechanically, this thing was very tight. It's very polished, very streamlined. Uh, I guess the only problem we had with it was just the, you know, the different bits and pieces, the components weren't 100%. Right? Yeah, I think that was the big issue. But I believe Rio Grande said that they're going to upgrade some of these components, just make sure that they're a decent quality for, I guess, the U.S. audiences. So when it gets that big release, it's going to be big. I have also been praising this game unrelentlessly to every Terraforming Mars fan I can find and with disdain avoiding their little cubes being thrown at me. But nonetheless, it's a fantastic game. You can still play both. 
it's not going to nuke terraforming Mars, but it's really, really a nice departure from the, I, I would say, kind of wonkiness of that game. Underwater Cities does everything that terraforming Mars does in a lot of ways, but it kind of becomes tighter, more manageable. You get your own board. There's some interaction with other players. And I'm a huge Vladimir Succi fan. I love his games. One of my favorite designers. So this is on the top of my list for 2019. And I, I don't think I'll be any place without a copy of this coming up. All right, Anthony. So another game that uh, got a little talk up here. This is uh, Villagers. Yeah, this is one that was up on Kickstarter not too long ago. Kind of under the radar. But it's uh, it's a card drafting game. You're building out a village. It's got very stark, modern looking art. It reminded me a lot at least in the look and kind of the the initial layout of it, like a paper tails type yeah. of thing. But I'm hoping maybe with a little bit more meat on the bones, not heavier necessarily, just not so abrupt as paper tails was. I love drafting. I love tableau building. I love city, village, whatever you call it, building. So anytime you take all those things and jam them together, I'm like, I'm on board until you prove me wrong. And uh, this is the next one up. So definitely looking forward to getting this one a shot and seeing how it you know how it plays out and it should be coming out pretty soon yeah i think we talked about this back when it was on kickstarter so it looks great i i really like the uh the artwork here and uh always nice to have a nice you know kind of easy game at the table all right so next up here is a game that you and i got to see at pax unplugged i know you recently got a chance to play it blackout hong kong yes it's alex fister's new big box game it is uh i mean it's thematically i guess there's a blackout in hong kong and you're working with different volunteers to try to resolve that but it's an alex fister game so there's not really anything in the way of theme <laughs> to match up those mechanics other than the fact that everything in the box is kind of black uh it's very dark but the mechanics here are really really cool i mean it's it takes some of the stuff from mombasa and some of the ideas from a lot of his other games and and brings it together in a very tight streamlined relatively easy to teach and play a game but so much strategic depth i have just gotten a chance to play it just now i know it's shipping out as we speak so i'm not sure this is anticipated so much as currently sitting at the edge of the table getting ready for review but it is a game that everybody should give a shot i think um if you like alex fister's stuff if you like Memboss, if you like great western trail uh definitely one of the biggest hits of Essen last year and will be a big Euro for 2019. Yeah, I know a lot of people at PAX Unplugged was playing this, and our friend Dave loved this game. Did not get a chance to play this. Do love Fister's game, so really looking forward to this playing this game. Hopefully it lives up to his other games. And finally, Anthony, for 2019, a game that popped up very recently. I guess we shouldn't be surprised from coming from Fantasy Flight here. This is The Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth. Yeah, if we'd recorded this two days ago, this wouldn't have made the episode. So <laughs> there's that. Um, it's uh, it's like Descent mashed up with Mansions of Madness with Lord of the Rings as a theme. So pretty much everybody I've talked to is on board with this. Um, it's another $100 big box game. It's going to have a ton of expansions. I'm not 100% sure I want to dive in, but it looks really, really good. So I, it's tempting <laughs> uh and like i don't know how many more descent clones i need but 
that app, the app does a lot. So I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays. Yeah, I'm wondering if the app incorporates some of the Mansions of Madness kind of, you know, theming and, you know, music and activities. So hopefully this game has a little more punch to Descent, just because, as you mentioned, there's so many versions of Descent out there. But I guess once you have a good model, why not beat it to death, I guess? <laughs> All right, Anthony. So that is our most anticipated games for 2019. Hopefully these games hit your table up the upcoming season. As soon as we have those games at our table, we will have our reviews of these games. So you let you know if you should pick those games up or which games will be coming to Kickstarter. So let you know if those games are worthy of your table time. Once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We also have some additional episodes on our Patreon account, patreon.com backslash BGA. Anthony and I will be recording a brand new episode, actually a new arc of episodes on Patreon that we think you'd be really excited to listen to. We are going back to our original episodes, looking at our feature games, seeing what we thought about them, if they hit the table, what they're doing now. Probably a lot of games that maybe have been sitting on your shelf. Hopefully we'll get you to get some of those games out and, you know, stir some excitement out there. Some, probably some classics that you just need to blow some dust off of. All right, Anthony. So that is everything for this week. Until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll save you all a seat at the table. 